And what a wonderful time it will be for us when we get to heaven to enjoy the, the pleasures of heaven itself. And I hope that when we sing that song, that we can actually sing it in such a way of saying all of us, when we all get to heaven, let's do all that we can to make sure everybody has that opportunity. I'm bringing a series to a close today or tonight as well as we did uh, this morning. I've enjoyed this series that is entitled, entitled Songs in the Night. And I appreciate the song leaders and those that have worked with me to be able to uh, sing these songs uh, not only once but twice during the service and I've asked them to do that at the beginning of the series and so I appreciate it so very much. Here on earth we need songs. We need songs to get us through the dark hours of the night and I'm mindful of the many songs that I could have selected. There's probably some that you probably have said, you know that would be a good one too as well. But I thought maybe with uh, this very idea that we will just sing or do these particular songs and maybe we'll pick up on this at a later time. And you know, it's very difficult to choose hymns, but I trust that the ones that I did select were those that were very meaningful to you. And if not at before, after the sermon, they became meaningful to you as well. I recall some years ago while working with a family making preparations for a funeral service and a Christian gentleman had passed away. He was up in his years and I asked his wife, his widow and the children, what song selections do you have in mind for the funeral service? And the, the man's widow just looked at me in a stare and she said, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I, I said, well, what, what were some of your husband's favorite songs? And, and she said, well, he liked them all. Right, uh, I've heard that many times, and I'm sort of like that woman. As long as they're scriptural and right, huh, I like them all. Right, but I want to bring this series to a close today with the hymn that we were just singing. When we all get to heaven, that's probably one of the most favorite hymns of many people, even here tonight. Where the very first verse of that hymn says when we all get to heaven. That's probably the sing the wondrous love of Jesus was the very first verse of that song. But we like to talk about the love of Jesus, don't we? We like to give thanks unto God for the love of Jesus as we pray. But it's a blessing to be able to sing about the love of Jesus as well. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, of his mercy and his grace. You know, I'm thankful for Jesus the Christ. And one reason that I, one reason is, is that I want to go to heaven. And it's because I know that Jesus will be there. And in that very first verse of this hymn, we're going to consider not only the first, but the third and the fourth stanzas, stanzas of that hymn, which is the reason why you have a copy of it. But in that first verse, you see the desire for heaven. In the third verse, you see the demands of heaven 
And in the fourth verse, you see the description of heaven. And so we should first have a desire to go to heaven because of Jesus. Notice what he says. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in those mansions, bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place. How strong is your desire to go to heaven? I hope it's a strong desire. I think about that for a moment and what I could think about all the reasonable people and especially Christian people who want to avoid at all costs that place called hell, or at least we should. But I hope also that what's also that should be within you is that hope for heaven, right? The hope of heaven, a desire to go there. And I'm hoping that you do. I remember a preacher of mine back when I was a boy who used to challenge us. And he would, he would ask a question like this. How many of us who don't, want, who don't want to go to hell are on fire to go to heaven? Right? There may be many of us, he said, that we want to avoid hell. But do we really want to go to heaven? is the question. Do we give that a lot of thought? Does that motivate us daily to be able to follow Christ and to be able to be more like him? You know, I don't know of anyone who longs for heaven more than the Apostle Paul did. I mean, he was totally in love with this place called heaven, though he had never been there. But he knew enough about heaven to know That is where he wanted to be able to be in eternity. You remember the statement that he made in Philippians 1, 21, in the book of Philippians, a book of joy, and it's a joy to study. He says, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Heads I win, tails I win, right? Whether I stay here, that's fine for me to live. That's all about Christ. But oh, if I die, it's even better, right? He said, verse 22, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not, for I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which he said is far better. There was the desire in the heart of the Apostle Paul to go to heaven. And then we might remember what he said in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 6 when he was writing to young Timothy. He says, for I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto those who also love his appearing. The love of Jesus, we sing about it. And it pushes us toward the place called heaven. It is the love of Jesus that provides us this Desire, sing of his mercy 
and of his grace. I dare say that just about every song in our hymnal reflects to some extent on the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Mercy during those difficult times in our lives, right? And grace during those good times in life. He says, sing of his mercy and of his grace. And it is this one Jesus who is the preparer of that place called heaven. In John 14, 1 through 3, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That's right. What a pleasant thought it is that Jesus presently, while we live this life, he is presently preparing a place for you and for me. Do we really want to go to heaven? I hope we have that desire. And so there is the desire of heaven. But then also, number two, there is the demand, the demands of heaven. Notice he says in that song, let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. The price of going to heaven, it will cost you the world, right? It will cost you the world, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. There is the demands that are placed upon us, but we can follow through with the demands of Christ. Think about that for just a moment. In 1 Corinthians 15, an exciting chapter written by the pen of the Apostle Paul, it's an exciting chapter about the very resurrection of, of Christ, the heart of the gospel. It's an exciting chapter about the fact that since Jesus came forth from the dead as a resurrection, we too shall rise forth from the dead. An exciting chapter because we learn that we will one day get a new body. It's not a corruptible body, but an incorruptible body. And that will be given to us when Jesus comes again. When the trump shall sound, then we shall say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But then that marvelous conclusion in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a wonderful verse at the very close of that exciting chapter, seeing that all these things will happen. <coughs> Where the steadfast, the unmovable, will always be abounding in the work of the Lord. God doesn't expect perfection, but he does expect faithfulness. And so we sing to encourage each other to be true and faithful, trusting and serving every day. But in view of what? In view of this place called heaven. 
There is a fallacy made by many who are identified in the scriptures that gave no thought to heaven while they were here on this earth. I think about the foolish farmer that is mentioned by Jesus in Luke chapter 12, where Jesus warns about covetousness in verse 15 of Luke 12, where he said unto to them to take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them saying that the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said this will I do. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Here's a man whose thoughts were only about the world, not about God. No preparation was made for eternity. His biggest crime is that he left out God. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we shall go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a short time and then vanisheth away. James 4, 13 and following. Then I consider the man in Luke 16. The rich man who paid no attention to that man named Lazarus. Day after day, he paid no attention to the plight of that poor man. And then finally, he found himself in eternity. He found himself in torment. There, he retained his memory. There, he remembered Lazarus. And oh, how he needed help but it was too late to receive any help. There are those who live life that way with little or no regard to eternity, little or no thought to heaven. But remember what the hymn writer said in our song that we're considering, just one glimpse of him in glory. Just one glimpse of him in glory with the tolls of life Repay. You know, I've never experienced this because I'm not a mother. But I've heard what mothers have said when they talk about the pain and the agony of childbirth. But oh, how quickly that goes away as soon as that child is laid on their breast so that they can cuddle it. And that child cuddles them. The pain and the agony is gone for that moment, right? The pain is gone. And so it is that when we see Jesus, just one glimpse, he will erase all the pain, all of the trials, all of the suffering of this life. 
and will say, it was worth it all. Just one glimpse. We will get a glimpse of him one day, more than a glimpse, right? We shall look upon him face to face. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. We will meet the Lord on that occasion. We will meet the Lord and we will be there face to face and see him. For John records for us in 1 John 3, 1 and 2, he says, Behold, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we shall be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear, because what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. Just one glimpse of glory, of him in glory, will the tolls of life repay. You know, there's another song that bears out this beautiful thought. It will be worth it all. It's not in our book, but listen to the words. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Paul once again encouraged us to be faithful in this great book of joy. In Philippians 3, 20 and 21, when he said, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Therefore, verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, my dear, therefore, my dearly beloved brethren and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You see, there is the desire of heaven. That's verse 1. But then there's also the demands of of heaven, verse 3, so let us then be true and faithful. But then we get to verse 4. It speaks of the description of heaven. Notice the words of that song. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open and we shall tread the streets of gold. Describing heaven is not the easiest thing to do because it is so far beyond what our finite minds can imagine. And someone has once said that trying to explain to people here on earth what heaven is like might be trying to compare to explain to a, a babe in the womb what this world and universe is going to be like when you come up and out of that womb. Maybe so. But I do know this in Revelation 21, 
that we have a good description of heaven. And I find out that in verse 4 of that chapter, that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things, that is the things that we're experiencing right now, are passed away. And then he goes on to talk about the size of this place called heaven. It's a very large place. So that all who desire to go there can indeed go there. I told you before, and you won't get to heaven and find a sign that says no vacancy. Because there's plenty of room in heaven. But then he goes on to speak about a city that is so beautiful. All kinds of precious stones adorn this place called heaven. So onward to the prize before us. Soon those pearly gates will open and we shall tread the streets of gold. Yes, indeed. In verse 21 of Revelation 21, it says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold. And as it were, transparent glass. Pearly gates, streets of gold, beautiful description indeed. And then it's also a holy place, verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to go to heaven. I hope that you do too. It's a holy place. And so the chorus reverberates with the marvelous message of the song when we all get to heaven. Some hymn books, because of the editor of the book, had changed the word all to saved, right? Well, we know when we sing, when we all get to heaven, we're all talking about the saved, right? Well, when we all get to heaven, what a, re what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. That will be the last great day. That will be the greatest of all days. The day of all days. When we see Jesus and when we all get to heaven. We don't know when that's going to be. We have those who are telling us when the end of the world is going to take place. But we're still here. We listen to the word of God, not to what man says. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only, Matthew 24, 36. One day he will say to the son, son, go get my children. You're bringing them to heaven. And I don't want to miss that. And I'm sure that you don't want to miss that either, right? That's what causes us to press onward, doesn't it? That's what we talked about this morning. That's what gives you the zeal to press on as well. Some among us have gone on to heaven or to the paradise of God. And this time next year, there will be still others. And I know this for every one of us, that we are a little bit closer to heaven than we were a year ago or even a month ago or even a week ago or even a day ago for we step for each step we take as another song suggests just leads us 
closer home, right? I'm going to heaven, and I hope and trust that that is your desire as well. And so I would trust that each one of you will be motivated to have a desire to go to heaven, and therefore you will meet the demands of heaven to be able to know and understand what you need to do to be able to get there. But oh, how wonderful it is to know the description of heaven to really want to go there because you don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. If you're here and not a Christian, can we encourage you to become one tonight? Tomorrow may be too late as we read in James 4 and verse 13. Our life is just like a vapor. It just appears for a short time and then vanishes away. Because we don't know what's going to be on the morrow. There might not be a tomorrow. So we need to be prepared. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. I hope that you're prepared. I hope you have the desire and that you meet the demands and that you love the description that we just read about this. I want you to be able to say when we all get to heaven because you by faith believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you by faith repented of your sins and that you made that good confession and went down into the waters of baptism, the rise to walk in newness of life, a child of God, in order to be able to live faithfully until the end to know that heaven will be your home. We hope that we can help you tonight. Maybe you are already a child of God. You wandered away. Come back. Be right with Him. Repent of those sins. Pray that God will forgive you. And we'll be here for you as well. What about this song? When we all get to heaven, let's all sing it with encouragement and with zeal. As together we stand and sing.